Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill, I've been really excited as we've been preparing for this conversation, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity for us to share with our listeners some of our thoughts and our experiences on a topic that means so much to both of us. So today we're going to just dive right into the topic of forgiveness. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm really excited all the time when we meet. It's just a lot of rich conversation, and I believe there's a lot of things that we have to share and to offer to the people that we work with and the people that we know on topics such as forgiveness. Particularly, Jill, you work with a lot of individuals who are pursuing spiritual and emotional healing. Mm -hmm. I do too. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like... the topic of forgiveness is so important when people want to heal emotionally and spiritually. Well, I think one of the aspects that um, Jack actually was just discussing it with several clients today is that forgiveness is actually divine and supernatural. And forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness, actually ties ties a person to torment. So that's the verse in in Matthew that says, if we don't forgive, we're turned over to the tormentors. If we don't forgive as the Heavenly Father has forgiven us, we're turned over to the tormentors. So unforgiveness actually causes torment. And when I'm a what does that mean person, so when I read a verse like that, I want to have some context of what it looks like and actually had an experience of inner healing myself where Jesus showed me that I had my mother on the cross in a young place. And I was tied to her in a place of perpetual punishment. I was tied to her in a little girl place where I was very wounded, but that part of me thought she deserves to be on the cross and punished. And Jesus actually came into that place and said, you know, I belong there. And my little girl started to cry and said, no, not you. She's mean. And you know what he said is he said, I know, I died for that. And if you don't let me take my place, you two are both uh, never going to be free. I talk a lot about that concept with the people that I work with, that when we are not able to forgive, we are keeping a really a tight chain between us and not only the individual, sometimes we want to maintain the relationship with the individual, but between the us and the thing that hurt us, Yes, the action, the behaviors and the words that hurt us. But it can feel really unfair to people that they have to do the work of forgiveness when they're the ones that are hurt. Mm-hmm. And when I work with people, I try to communicate to them, why does that, um, 
not really matter. <laughs> you know, that I will say to them, I know it seems unfair, but fairness isn't the point. We're going for healing. And so although it, it can feel unfair that I have to do the work, they hurt me. Why should I have to do the work for forgiving? Uh, it, I believe it's really critical mm-hmm. in the healing process mm-hmm. that it's not about being fair. It's about the healing process. What do you hear and see within your clients when they are actually able to enter into the forgiveness process? It's not about fairness. It's about freedom. Right. Like that's what I see is I see, I mean, I just sat, I just had about five and a half hours worth of people getting free today. And it's not that it's fair. What Jesus showed me in that place was, or for anybody, you're tied to the person in a, you're tied to the situation or you're tied to the person negatively. Jesus wants you tied to him positively. So Francis Frangipane said this uh, great, great statement that was, um, the place of the cross is the place of immunity. Like we get to experience immunity. So if I have someone in the place of offense and I'm holding them there, I'm actually experiencing the offense. I'm staying in the offense and, and I'm tied to my tormentor, whoever it is, or, or the offense or the punishment. I'm actually experience it, experiencing it. So what I see with my clients is when, when, and for me, with the work that I do with people, Jesus comes into the place and, and shows them and helps them release to him. Because it, it, outside of that, sometimes forgiveness is just some concept. Right. It can feel like it's just an emotional catchphrase. It's just something you say and you do. But what does it actually look like. mean and look like? Yeah. I describe to my clients that it is a releasing of rights. You're releasing a right to retribution. You're releasing a right to restitution. You're releasing a right to revenge. And as you're releasing, you're freeing yourself up for what the Lord has, that there's only so much room and space and heart in our minds and in our hearts. And if we fill it up with all the negative, yeah. if we hold on to all of those yeah. hurtful things, there's not that room for the grace and the peace yes. and the joy. And so we're freeing it up. We're releasing our right to all of those things. And yes, it feels sometimes unfair and we just have to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And- I loved how you talked about that in your Horde of Hurts book. I really, really love how you talked about that, about that collecting and releasing. It really does feel like you can be buried under hurts and under offense when we live in unforgiveness. And for many of us, it's not an intentional thing. People Mm-mm. will say, I didn't even know I was right. unforgiving. I thought I forgave them. Yeah. But the understanding of what forgiveness is and the power to forgive can be really uh, difficult to, to comprehend and to yes. understand. And forgiveness, is, as you mentioned, in, in my opinion, it does not come from our own strength, Mm-mm. from our own wisdom, even from our own minds. Because it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense to your intellect to forgive abominable things done to your children, done to you, done to people that you love. It doesn't make sense. That's why it's supernatural. That's why it's divine. That's why that is the... Um, I mean, atonement sounds like such a big word, but it is it is what was taken on Jesus. That very specific, every single wrong was taken on him so that we could be right. And when he met me in that place where, I mean, I love my mom, but my little girl was mad in some, some place about some things that, that had happened in my youth. And when Jesus said, I'm tied to her and I'm being tormented and I'm holding her in a place where even where he said, I know 
that that happened. Like Jesus doesn't come in and say, you are just supposed to forgive. He comes in and says, I know they did that. Mm -hmm. And I died for it. I think it's really important to invite the Lord into the process Mm -hmm. that without supernatural, without the Holy Spirit and Jesus working with us and through us and on our behalf, we really don't have the strength or power. And what you mentioned is really interesting too. You were talking about the, um, the fact that not only does Jesus help us and come into it, but he acknowledges it. Yes. And, and he's aware. And for some Christians, the concept, the phrase that's been thrown around so often, you have to forgive and forget, Mm-mm. makes them think somehow that they are supposed to suppress those memories yeah. and that they haven't forgiven if they do remember And the thing that I share with people is as you forgive, the memories can fade a little bit, the harshness, the energy of them, the way, how much space they take up. But I'm not saying you're going to forget completely that these things happen to you. You probably are not. The more traumatic they are, the less likely you are to forget them. Well, physiologically, you're not going to forget that there's there's things that have imprinted in your mm-hmm. brain. But um, I, I do something called relationship prayer with my, with my clients, which is actually we're inviting Jesus into a memory or a trauma in a way that's safe for him to be there because he's the God who was, who is, and who is to come. There's nowhere that he's not. And he's not restricted by time. So that means he can... Can go. This is kind of a mind blowing thing, but he can go into my was and become the God who is, mm-hmm. and rescue me out. And so when he shows me where he was, or he shows my clients where he was in a place of torment or trauma or wherever bitterness came on me, he can actually cause me to see something differently. And now the memory actually has him in it, and it no longer has that driving energy of the event. So I can think about, because I've done so much of this work myself, that's why I'm so passionate about doing it with my clients, is Jesus, there's nowhere that he's not. So Jesus, where were you? What do you want to say or do for that part of this person that's experiencing this? What happens when you stand in between them and that that's coming at them? How do you want to get them out of there? And he's a supernatural God. It is so powerful, and it does change the way that we even process the memory. When Mm -hmm. the memory comes up, being aware that the Lord was with us and is with us, Mm -hmm. it it changes. It does. The the impact and the pain of it. And I think also one of the things it does is it keeps us from wanting to marinate in the pain of it. That's what I talk to with clients a lot about is that soaking in the hurt and the offense and the anger and all of those negative emotions. And it's toxic. It's like it goes through your whole body, through your whole mind, your whole heart. And that really is what crowds out Mm -hmm. all of the things that we're seeking in our Mm -hmm. walk with the Lord, our our peace, our joy, our hope, our love, our compassion, our kindness, Mm -hmm. because it's just all consuming. It just becomes toxic. And when we invite the Lord in and when we go through the process of forgiveness, we're able to stop marinating in the pain. We're, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You see Jesus, the person of love. I, I mean, our, I'm, again, like, I'm a what does that mean person? So God is love. That means Jesus, love is a person. So Jesus, the person of love, coming into a place of hurt, when love comes in, fear flees. When love comes in, shame goes. And he, he ch- seeing him in the place changes how you see the place. Because he will change how you see the place. And I don't remember who first said it, but I I think it was Robert Morris where he said, when a negative thought becomes part of your permanent thinking, it lays foundation to perform that thought. 
So if all I'm thinking about in the marinating is they did that, they hurt me, I hate them, uh, I'm never going to talk to them again, or whatever all that is, now that's really imprinting on my thinking, and now it's gonna now it's gonna move into a lot of other areas of my life. Exactly. This is a lot of the work that I do with people is. We really spend time in Philippians 4, 4 through 8, and thinking about what we're thinking about, mm-hmm. choosing what we dwell on, choosing not to dwell on the negative, choosing not to dwell on the pain and the hurt and the anger, but choosing those things that are right and true and lovely, choosing to think about those things that are good in others. And we have a choice in that, but if we allow ourselves to marinate too long in unforgiveness, the choice becomes harder and harder to make. It well, because feels, it comes piled on. Right. It yeah. becomes piled on and it feels instinctive. Mm-hmm. It feels natural. So, Jill, when we talk about forgiveness, one of the things that so many people struggle with is how do I forgive and still stay safe. What about boundaries? Gosh, how do those yes. match? How well, do you... we, I just did this. So I, I, I do a, a session in uh, one of my groups called Unearthing the Bitter Root. And one of the homework questions is, is what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. And I really always want the people of God to know forgiveness is not trust. Mm-hmm. It's not trust. And I mean, I work with so many church people and that gets thrown around like, because you have to forgive me, now you've got to let me all the way back in. And no, we get to have boundaries. We get to determine that doesn't feel safe for me. I'm going to forgive from my heart, but it's a process between a person and Jesus. And I get to decide, you get to decide like, this doesn't feel safe for me anymore. And Forgiveness is not trust. It can start to it can start to reestablish trust. But I always draw a picture of a great big wall. So I draw a picture of a great big wall with bricks, and then I and then I make a big breach in the wall. So it's a huge wall. Now there's a big like three foot breach in the wall that trust trust has been breached. So when trust has been breached, it takes some bricks to restore, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a process and it's incremental. That I love that picture. That's such a, a visualization. I sometimes talk about what, what's happening is that when trust has been broken, when we've been hurt, it's like there's rubble on the foundation of a relationship. And forgiveness allows you to clear away that rubble, but it doesn't rebuild the building itself Mm-mm. because the relationship was built on trust and experience. So it allows you to clear away the old and leave the space for new built trust but that comes from both sides. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for people to recognize they can forgive and still have safe boundaries. That the unforgiveness is not keeping them safe. That's not the safety that it's Jesus and the forgiveness that is keeping them safe. Yes. And I, I mean, I, I think that dovetails really into um, that forgiveness isn't forgetting. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wouldn't be wise to forget. It's a, there's, there's a difference between marinating and ruminating and being wise. And being aware and being wise. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this also comes to the idea of forgiveness and natural consequences. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people interpret this to mean I've forgiven. And so I don't want them to have any consequences for their behavior. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And and from my perspective and, and what I share with the people I work with is that it does not keep people from natural consequences. It means I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not taking an extra pound of flesh. <laughs> but if somebody's broken the law and they have a consequence with the law, 
because I've forgiven them doesn't mean that I say they shouldn't have that consequence. If somebody has done something that has a natural consequence in life, they're going to have to uh, kind of pay that piper. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking to myself, should I go here or not? But um, I've worked with people for a very long time, and unfortunately there's a lot of adultery in the Mm -hmm. church. And... Um, I know that our God can heal and restore anything, but adultery is a huge breach. So forgiveness is a good start, but everything doesn't just come back right. when there's a breach like that. And I, I've watched God restore and do amazing things with um, broken marriages. But it's still like we've got to look at the natural consequences and the walkout. Our trust was devastated. People sometimes when they are in the process of trying to rebuild a trust, they've hurt somebody, they've been forgiven, but they feel very frustrated that the second time building trust is harder. Mm -hmm. The third time building trust Mm -hmm. is harder. And this is a natural consequence. The next time people may not give you trust as easily, you may have to go above and beyond to prove that trust and that loyalty. And that can be um, a challenge in a relationship. And I know that you've seen that among your clients as well. Yeah. So when we begin to think about how people can um, handle the natural consequences of their behavior, the next part of forgiveness is sometimes forgiving ourselves. Oh, yeah. You can be on the cross of your own life. Right. <laughs> I, can have, I, you, I can have myself in a place of perpetual punishment and be at enmity with myself mm-hmm. for my decisions. You can do the same. And, and when we hold unforgiveness against ourselves, when we refuse to forgive ourselves for something, to receive uh, the forgiveness that the Lord offers us, after we've repented, after we have done what we can, we've confessed um, to repair, when we, we hold ourselves in that place of unforgiveness, we also are not doing what we need to do to rebuild the relationship. Yeah, this is why I, I really, I work with people around this, is it's not just mental assent. So I say, Jesus, where is the place where this person is stuck and can't forgive him or herself? Where is the place? And Jesus, what do you want to say or do for him or her there so that they can? Because they, I call those inner drivers. They can be just stuck mm-hmm. inner driving places that still have so much energy. And sometimes people think that forgiveness means condoning bad behavior, right? which it, it doesn't. Like Just like Jesus said, he said, I know, I know. And I just love that he says, I know, mm-hmm. I know. And I died for that. I think the um, the other part you're talking about is um, if I can't trust my, if I can't let myself, if I can't receive the forgiveness afforded to me, then I'm going to be in this this spinning place of being my own enemy. Right. I think that can also keep us from really receiving the things that the Lord has for us in our daily lives, in our walk with Him. I know for me, when I notice that I am blaming myself and sort of beating myself up over some mistake that I've made, some error that I've made, 
I find it much harder to be in in prayer relationship it's with the block. Lord to hear. It's a block. It's a spiritual block. Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness. So there's a whole bunch of them, but unforgiveness, bitterness is a spiritual block. Fear is a block. Um, rejection is a block. Those are real, real blocks. And people will think, well, God's mad at me. That's why I can't hear. Like, no, it's a spiritual mm-hmm. block. And unforgiveness sometimes is the block that leads to the other blocks. Some of the <laughs> yeah, other blocks. It's like a, a Legoland right. of blocks. For, for <laughs> me, if I am not forgiving myself for a failing that I have done, I notice that I have a lot more fear in my life. I'm afraid Mm -hmm. to step out in faith. I'm afraid Mm -hmm. to build a new relationship or to do something that feels risky or dangerous Mm -hmm. because I failed before. Mm -hmm. And so forgiveness can release us to have courage to, to try again and yeah. to move forward in so many ways. So they call him the accuser of the brethren for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've learned to agree quickly with my adversary when he <laughs> when he accuses me of my failures. And I love that it's it's a it's in Proverbs. I don't remember where it is. Google it. <laughs> but, but it's that a righteous, man fa- a righteous man falls down seven times to rise again, but the evil will fall in calamity. So the, he's calling a person, our God is calling a person falling righteous. Yeah. A righteous man will fall seven times to rise again. So it is, it is not, we, he is our perfection. We are perfect. We are made, per- I am imperfect, but perfect because of him. We are imperfectly perfect because of him. And I was going to add this. This was a really cool, like he told me this around some other work that people were doing and that um, he said, just because a wound is self-inflicted doesn't mean I don't care about it, that you deserve it, or that I won't walk you through the consequences of it. He's not the God if that's what you get. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I haven't heard you say that that way before. I love that phraseology because he is not the God of this is what you get. Mm-mm. This is what you're stuck with. Should you have made done your, that. Did, yeah. Should you? You made your own bed. Now lie in it. That's <laughs> not the God that we have. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. I love when we get to walk in forgiveness. I love that space when we can feel that fresh, clean space emotional space and spiritual space. I'm not holding on to this. I'm not um, ruminating or marinating in in this unforgiveness, whether it's against myself or somebody else. Uh, And I love that it opens the door for other opportunities. And I know, Jill, when you work with people, you get to see people embrace things that while they're holding on to unforgiveness, they can't embrace. What is it you see them embrace the most? The, what the, of what they can't let go of? Well, no, when they let go of something. When they do let go. Go of something. Then there's space for them to embrace other I, things. I call them love deposits. Yeah. They get love deposits. I knew there was a phrase you had. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love deposits, love deposits. If I mean, I, I believe our little physical containers were really not made to hold those, those emotions. Like mm-hmm. we're made to have them. Don't right, don't right. get me wrong. We be angry and do not sin. That, that's what he said. Be angry, but do not sin. So we are we are we have feelings. Have them. I, I my other little tagline is feel what you feel, but go to God. But when when we hold those emotions that are just so harmful over time, and then we let them go, it's just more free space in our soul and our spirit to have love deposits. And it's so beautiful to watch people come back and tell me, you know, I I ran into this situation again. 
and I had no adrenaline. Mm-hmm. I saw that person that I had all this energy around that I was so angry or offended at, and I just had peace. I just, he, he says, as much as is possible with you, be at peace with all people. So I watch all these people get their peace with whoever it is, and then you're free. And then you're free. I love that. I love watching it in other people, and I love mm-hmm. experiencing it personally. And for me, I also notice that I can experience joy in a way that I cannot mm-hmm. if I've got unforgiveness in my heart. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a good trade. Right. It's a good trade. <laughs> it's super important. And I think that there is something in that, that when we clear something out, we're being intentional about creating space. About creating space. Yeah. We're not going, okay, I'm going to forgive this person so I have more time to marinate in a f- unforgiveness against somebody else. But I'm going to do this in a way that I am inviting the Holy Spirit to bring in the joy and the peace and the restoration, that which can be possible. Yes. You mentioned you know, that we should live in peace as much as with, is within us. So we may forgive somebody and still not be able to live in peace with them because sometimes it's not in our power. But there is something really empowering about knowing we've done what we can do. Yes. That's where I go. This is, this is our lane. This is my part. As much as is possible with me, mm-hmm. I'm going to be at peace with everyone. Somebody who won't have peace with me, that's between them and God. And that's just another wonderful aspect of our supernatural God is He will forgive us for every offense, even if the people we've offended don't, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Even if they, even if whoever it is won't ever forgive us, we still can have our forgiveness from Him and walk in the peace of it. Yes, we can, and I love that we can. That we mm-hmm. don't have to wait for other people to it's be amazing. ready, thank you, or Jesus. to be in their position. We can be ready, and we can go to the Lord, and and we don't have to be held to their timeline and, and to how prepared or ready or willing they are. So, Jill, the yes. last thing I want to talk about forgiveness today is I think really key. I know there are a lot of people who, because of their church training, their background, they have sort of suppressed the fact that they have any unforgiveness. And they don't think that they have any unforgiveness against other people, but they're just burdened and heavy. And they feel like there's other things that overwhelm them and they kind of get under the pile, but they haven't labeled it unforgiveness. They don't know. And they're afraid to even name it. They're afraid to say, I'm mm. still upset about something. I'm still hurt about something. I'm still, because they feel that feels like a failure as a Christian. Or like you're not allowed to. Right, like you're not allowed to. And those, uh, we call those the shouldas. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been over that you, a you long sh- time ago. You should have gotten over that. Yeah, you should have already. So when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I've, I've got this stuff that's piled up. And um, they're having a hard time admitting it or acknowledging it because that feels like an extra condemnation. How do you help them get to that space of acknowledging it's time to go to that place of forgiveness? I like to ask open-ended questions, but I, my, my um, style is relationship prayer. So relationship prayer is, is I'm going to ask them, Father, Jesus Christ of Nazareth and Holy Spirit, how are you loving this person right now? And Jesus, how do you see them? And Jesus, what is keeping them in this place? I'm going to say, what's the block? What's what's keeping them in this place of whatever whatever's coming up? And and it's it's like a it's a it's a three way conversation with the Godhead, me and the person, 
and Father Jesus, Holy Spirit there, you know. So I'm going to ask open-ended questions. I'm going to ask things like, well, Jesus, what is it costing this person? What is that costing them? Mm-hmm. And some, like for, I think of somebody right now. So somebody that I worked with years ago and her rage kept her safe. Her rage was something that came on came to her when she was very young. It was a very scary time. And what she figured out as a very little girl was I, my anger scares people and it keeps me safe. But as she was getting older, and she's a Christian, wonderful woman of God leader, the rage would come out and cause her problems. So I was asking Jesus with her, Jesus, what is what is this rage costing her? What does it look like? And she would, she just goes, I'm not giving it up. I am not giving it up. And I said, Jesus, what would it look like if you took her place? Jesus, what would it look like if you became her protector instead of her rage? And then she saw, she mm-hmm. saw Jesus standing in front of her and being her protector instead of her rage being her protector. It was this beautiful exchange in the, in this spirit conversation with the Father, with Jesus Christ, with Holy Spirit, that Jesus, the person of God, came in and showed her, this is what it looks like when I cover you. And it was just this, the rate that that place in her allowed Jesus to take the place of the rage that was the wall that was protecting her. Am I making, is that making sense? That makes sense to me. One of the things that I will sometimes talk to people about is the signposts or the weeds that we see in the garden. There's a root underneath there. The signpost is indicating something. And so I will say, you know, you may think there's not unforgiveness. You may think that there's uh, nothing there, but what could be underneath that rage or that anxiety? Let's explore that and see if there's anything. And sometimes people will be really surprised that Mm -hmm. the root of something like rage or anger or bitterness really is in an unforgiveness space. Mm -hmm. And once they are able to go to that place of forgiveness and to release the Lord, then they can begin to work on whatever it was that it was manifesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll say, you know what? I've been trying to get rid of this anxiety for years. Well, that's because the anxiety is the symptom yes. and it's not the root. It's it's like the top of the weed. And if you leave the roots in, they're just going to keep coming out. Yeah. It, uh, you just see a different, um, call it an evil fruit. You just mm-hmm. see a different evil fruit pop do. out. So. For me, that's really important as we discuss forgiveness, that we let people know if you're seeing something that is really troubling you, bothering you, that that's kind of a place to to seek the Lord and just to invite him in and say, what is it here? Why am I holding on to this rage? Jesus, where is the place in me that can't forgive? Mm -hmm. Where is the place that can't? Where is the place that's stuck? And, and I think that's an important question to ask and a question that can be sometimes hard to ask <laughs> on your own. Um, so I love that we get the opportunity to work with people and work through um, these processes with them that we don't have to do this alone. Oh, and yeah. when we, sometimes we can, we can practice and, and we don't always have to be holding somebody else's hand to go through the process. But when we hit a block, when we hit a difficult space, there are people to help us yeah. and to walk us through. Yeah, I call it the both and. Like I, 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 I want to help people like work, do their own, do their own daily stuff. But I, I'm going to say, I, you know, I still work with with my mentor. I still work with Lisa. I still need somebody to work out some deep things that come up when they come up. And I do my daily stuff, and I, it's just super healthy. 
super healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one and done process. No. I know you and I have talked about this a lot. (laughs) Just when we feel like we've gotten through something, we see something else. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit being kind to us. If he showed us everything all at once, it would be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. This is the process of growth and maturity, but it's not one and done. You go through the process and then in another period of time, Mm -hmm. the Lord will show you and you go through the next step and the next stage. Mm -hmm. It's worked out in the walkout. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So Jill, this has been super fun to talk together about forgiveness. And I'm looking forward to the next time we get together and talk about (laughs) another um, topic that I think will really um, be meaningful to our listeners. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Esther. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizVid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com, and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook. Oh,